Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good. I thought last week was, was special. Um, as we together just just sought the Lord, and th- there's something something just uh, wonderful about it, the seeking and the finding, um, and that, that's that's what we're promised, and 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 that's that's what happens if we seek Him and seek Him with all our hearts. We we will find Him, and we'll find in Him life, life, and. Uh, and the answers that we need, and our future, and everything we, we, we want, brothers and sisters, is found in Him. He's the giver of all good gifts. Amen? Um, so, praise God. Um, you want, if you want to turn to Genesis, uh, we're going to start, if, if you're new to this, Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Uh, it tells us about the beginnings of everything, and we're right in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this, this weekend, um, I got to participate in the wedding of Carmel and Shane, and, uh, and that was wonderful. And tonight, after this service, I'm continuing a pre-marriage course, marriage preparation course with Alan and Teresa. So um, weddings are happening, uh, and we are excited and delighted about that. And I've had the privilege of taken many couples, even in here, I, I can look around the room, there's been many people that uh, myself and Wilma have had the pr- privilege of, of taking through marriage preparation classes based on the Bible, and we've talked about the husband's role, isn't that right, Sharon? The husband's role, you know, that, that's always a good one, the wife's role, uh, communication, we talk about a lot of different things, and uh, it has been my joy to marry First of all, Wilma, I suppose. <laughs> and then marry many other people. It's an odd number, okay? Wilma plus a lot of other couples. <laughs> um, and, and tonight we're going to look at the very first marriage ever. And I think there's some things that, that we can learn from it. So, so let's pray together and we'll get into it. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for drawing us here tonight, oh God. And, and thank you, Lord, for, Lord, an amazing plan, O oh God. Lord, an amazing plan, Lord, of salvation, O oh God. And, Lord, how, God, you come to us, Lord. And, Lord, you have an amazing way, Lord, of, of illustrating things, of, of revealing things to us, O oh God. And, Lord, I, I thank you, O oh God, for these scriptures, Lord, that we're about to get into, O oh God. And I pray, Lord, Lord, you, you just, Lord, open our eyes, Lord, open our hearts, Lord. Open our understanding, O oh God, that we would... Lord, see something more of you tonight, Lord, in, in, in these scriptures. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. I'm going to skip through some, some uh, scriptures here and, and we'll build up to, to where we're getting to. My title tonight is, is Leaving and Cleaving. Leaving and Cleaving. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And that, that word image means resemblance. Image, it carries idea later on in the Bible of, of idol as well to, to make an image. And uh, likeness means it's supposed to be modeled on. It's, it's a more intense uh, form of the word uh, resemblance or image. And brothers and sisters, the truth is, is that, that we are not some sort of evolutionary development from lesser species. We are not. We are not. We are supernaturally formed by the hands of God. He took the, the clay, he took the dust, and he formed it. And he breathed his life into us. And uh, we are, we are and, and we carry the image and the likeness of God. And now I know that sin has entered the world and that, that image has been marred, that image has been compromised uh, by the effects of sin. But this is where we come from, brothers and sisters. We are not just, we are not another animal. We are formed by God in His image and likeness to, as, as we'll discover, to be in, in relationship with Him. Um, and, and because we carry that image, because we somehow resemble God, that is why Satan hates us as a human race. He hates everybody. And he wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy the entire human race. And so, uh, so, so you'll see it when, when evil regimes get into power, that very often they will try to reduce populations. They'll murder people, they'll kill, they'll try to reduce world population. Why? Because every person reminds Satan of God. And uh, God had a plan and and uh, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and, and verse 20, it says that, um, it tells us that, that Jesus was chosen before the creation of the world. But he was revealed in these last, uh, in these last times, in these later times for our sake. He was chosen and, and we know that this plan of God was, was thought through was really put into action before ever there was an earth or stars or before anything else was created. God had his plan made and, and nothing caught him by chance. He knew what he was doing when he created human beings and gave them free will. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says that this is a little bit of a more intricate insight into God uh, forming man. And it says that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That word breath is the same word as, as spirit, ruach, the breath of life. And the man became a living being, formed, formed out of the dust, 
out of the clay, breathed into by God. We were the only living creature that God breathed into. Unique. Unique on the planet. And so, uh, and so he made us in his image. Brothers and sisters, you know, tonight maybe sometimes we can carry in our, our persons a, a low self-esteem. We can feel that, that sometimes we're not worth much. But brothers and sisters, you are special, unique in the entire universe and galaxy, unique in the creation plan of God, unique in the ability to, to I suppose, do, do many things. There are many unique things about us, but the most special of them all is the unique way that God has created us with an ability to relate to Him, to be, to be connected in Him, connected to Him. And we see that in the way that, that God interacts with Adam and Eve. We are not the same as animals. What they're teaching in the educational establishments is wrong. We are not the same. And we didn't appear by chance. We are amazingly and, and wonderfully created and made, and particularly made. Even, even if your, your or, or my image is somewhat marred and we're not quite as handsome or beautiful as we think we should be or quite as talented as we think we would like to be, brothers and sisters, the creation of us is amazing. It's wonderful. We are the masterpiece of God. You and I are, are spirit, we are soul, we're body, and it's, it's somewhat of a mystery how these all interact, and yet it, it makes us a human being. And man was made in this image and likeness of God so that ultimately Jesus could be incarnate. Jesus could take on our image and step into our race so there had to be something in us that reflected the glory of God so that Jesus could step in and take on our form and he took on humanity and, and redeemed us. And so in, in chapter 2 verse 7 we, we see God, God made Adam first and then what he does is he, he planted a garden in, in verse 15. He planted a garden in Eden, and he put man in the garden. And he put the trees there for Adam, including the, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he placed Adam into this garden to tend for it. So Adam, Adam gets a job. His responsibilities now. And he also warns Adam not to eat from the, that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And let's give Adam the, the ability then to make a choice. And you can't have love without free choice. 
There is no such thing as love without free choice. It's slavery. If there's no free choice, will I or won't I do something, then you're forced and you, are, you, you have no choice but to do that thing. It's a form of slavery. So God, God gives the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that Adam and Eve have the choice whether they love God or not, whether they would choose to obey God or not. In verse 18 then, goes on, and uh, God says this. He says, it's not good for the man to be alone. How many men know that? <laughs> it's not good for us lads to be alone. If I'm in the house on my own, it tends to get a bit out of order. My kids complain about it. <laughs> it is not good for man to be alone. God recognizes this and he says, I will make a companion helper suitable for him. I will make a companion helper suitable for him. So what did you think God did next? He didn't make the woman. <laughs> and that's, this, this sort of caught me that God says, I'll make a companion for him. But not just yet. Not just yet. He's going to make him wait for a little while. And so um, he's got a job for Adam to do before he brings the woman along. So he, he, he has this role for Adam where Adam has to name all the animals and the birds. Now, I don't know how many different types of birds there were. But remember, Adam is on his own. And God himself has recognized that Adam needs companionship. But God is making him wait a little bit. And I don't know if this took a week to name all the animals and the birds, the amount of species that there are. I don't know if it took six months but he had to go through that process. And, and what God was doing, he was doing a couple of things here. He was establishing Adam as an authority. He was passing authority to Adam. And, and he, was, he was giving him a role in the garden. And so at the end of the task, we're told again, that there's still no companion suitable for Adam. So he's, he's gone through all this, and he still is without a companion. So here we have it twice. Adam needs a companion. He needs a helpmeet. And it's interesting to note here that, that and I think man... It's worth reminding us that God, or that Adam completes this task, but he's not fulfilled by it. His responsibilities, his authority, his role, his job of, of naming these animals, his role as tending the garden didn't fulfill him. 
without having his helper companion. He still lacked his companionship. And sometimes, men, we can have a tendency to get so involved in our work life that we can neglect the companion that, that maybe God has given us. And so despite Adam's great success in naming all the animals, whatever it took him six months, he's still lacking a companion. And God had his timing. God had his timing in bringing Eve into being. The garden was in place. Adam had named the animals. God had given instructions about the trees and the garden and, and tending and so on. And everything was, was prepared for this, this bride now to enter the scene. And in Romans, Romans 5 verse 14, Paul tells us that, that Adam is a pattern or a type of Christ. And in fact, Christ is like the second Adam. And we see this, this typology that Paul takes us into. And Jesus also said about all the Old Testament scriptures, he said, these scriptures that, that you're reading, these scriptures, they speak of me. And so as, as we look, I always find myself doing this. I'm, I'm looking for Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. And, and very often when, when we do that, we can find we find Jesus, and this is part of the seeking and finding, brothers and sisters. If we will seek him in these scriptures, we will find him. And Jesus said he's there in these scriptures. And so, you know, as we explore this tonight, we're finding Jesus in the person of Adam, a type of Jesus' typology. And we see this beautiful picture of, of Christ and his bride, the church, and right from the beginning of time and, and before time, as we already talked about, there was this plan in place for the greatest of all romances, the greatest of all love stories, where Jesus would enter the world and die for his bride. And here we're talking about Adam and that, that there's no companion for Adam in the garden or in the world at this point. And, and it seems that we know that, that our God is, is fully complete in himself, yet, yet there is a desire within God for this relationship with us, for this connection with us, for this romance with us, brothers and sisters. Almighty God desires that. And you, you see it in the Garden of Eden where straight away he's in. He is talking to Adam and Eve and he is relating to them. He is walking with them in the cool of the evening. And brothers and sisters, this, this is the plan that God has. The all-sufficient one has decided to create us as a human race with this amazing ability to relate to him, to love him, and to be in relationship with him. And he wants it. I don't know how you felt coming in here tonight. That makes me feel good. 
Somebody wants to be in relationship with me and somebody loves me. God Almighty Himself. You may have felt little purpose in your life from time to time. This is our purpose, brothers and sisters, is to know Him, to love Him, to belong to Him, to be His bride, hallelujah, to be His Eve, as it were. And He desires this companionship and ultimately we will be with Him as His bride. And so, the plan is, is set in place. And just like there was a timing for, for Adam, the, the garden had to be got ready and had to be tended and animals had to be named and, and things had to be put in place for Eve to come. So it was with Jesus. He set this all in motion with one final outcome, a bride, a bride a perfect bride without blemish. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, verse 25. And this will be one of the, the marriage scriptures. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And he's wanting, this is his plan, brothers and sisters, that we would be this church, this temple of worship, those who would worship him in spirit and in truth and belong to him and be his and he be ours. I don't understand it all. But it's true. It's true. And it's good, brothers and sisters. This is, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. We belong to Jesus. We're important to him. We're so important to Jesus. And so, the plan continues and God puts Adam into a deep sleep. And he took one of Adam's ribs and he closed up the place from where he had taken it. And it would seem that, that this process has wounded Adam in some way. And God had to close up the wound. And he made woman from the rib and brought her to Adam. And so this, this is the first case of anesthesia. Where Adam's put to sleep. And God takes the rib out of Adam's side and he forms the companion, helper, partner. This beautiful, wonderful woman called Eve. He forms her and... She has the, the right intellectual and physical and social capabilities that, that just complement Adam. And this wonderful, I suppose, completing 
of the human species is, is, happens. And the two of them are brought together and they become one. And in a similar way, brothers and sisters, in the typology, God put Christ on that cross ultimately to death. A very deep sleep. And the suffering through Christ's suffering and his side was pierced. His side was pierced. And out of his suffering and out of what happened on that cross, the piercing of Christ, God has formed a bride out of us for himself, brothers and sisters. He has formed a bride, and out of his suffering, we are redeemed. We are bought back, and we become this, this beautiful bride, with, like we just read in Ephesians, without spot, without blemish, presented to him as perfect. And I'm sure, I'm sure Adam looked at, at Eve and was just, this was love at first sight. And brothers and sisters, Christ looks at us and he sees us without spot or blemish. He sees us as being perfect. Because when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And everything necessary to present the bride, to perfect the bride, to sanctify the bride, to, to make the bride uh, beautiful and holy and righteous and, 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 and perfect for in his eyes, everything was done. Everything was done. And the forming out of, out of the, the, the piercing of the side of Christ, out of the suffering of the Christ, everything was done that allows us to be presented to him as perfect as perfect. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we forget this. We forget this and we go around hanging our heads because we, we do know our faults and failings, but they have been covered. They've been covered. And, and, and God looks on us and sees us through the sacrifice of Christ, through the, the shed blood of Christ, and he sees us as washed and perfect even in our worst moments, brothers and sisters. We are, as the Bible says, justified. We're made just as if we have never done anything wrong. You and I cannot be any more perfect in the eyes of God because we are as perfect as Christ. Because Jesus has covered all our weaknesses so we can approach him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so out of this side of Adam comes this, this bone and, you know, you know where, where Ezekiel talks about the, the bones rattling and, and the flesh coming on. And, and, and it's a bit like that, brothers and sisters, where the bone, God forms this bone into a bride out of nothing. And God makes this beautiful bride 
person, Eve, for Adam. And the two come together. And Adam said when he saw Eve that this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Therefore, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And Adam recognizes Eve as being the same as himself, as being like him, a suitable partner, a suitable helpmate, that she was taken out of man. And brothers and sisters, we've been brought out of Christ. We've been formed out of him, redeemed by him. And the Bible tells us that we are being conformed to the likeness and image of Jesus without blemish, without stain. And we are to reflect Christ to the world around us. We carry the image of Jesus in us. What an honor! What an honor. Did you realize today, you know, as you went through the moments of today, did you realize that you carry within you the presence of God, the reflection of God, the reflection of Jesus, the perfection of Jesus, the love of Jesus? Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we forget who we are. We forget what we are. We forget what God has made us to be. And we walk around like paupers. And tonight, I believe the Lord just wants to remind us how loved we are, how much we belong, how He views us, and how we are to see ourselves. Brothers and sisters. Do you know, in in the the marriage preparation course, and Alan can tell you, I I say to to the husband-to-be that you are not just to love your wife. You are to make her feel loved. It's really important. If you don't make her feel loved, then you might love her, but she doesn't get the benefit of it. So you have to go out of your way to demonstrate and make sure that she, in in whatever way she needs to receive it, that it is communicated to her that she is loved and she feels that she's got to recognize that love that you're given to her. So, so whatever you have to do to make that happen, that's what you do. Make her feel loved. Does that sound like a good plan, girls? Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I, I think that's good. I think that's important. And, and what, what Jesus has done, brothers and sisters, is he has done everything, everything to tell us how loved we are and how much we belong. And brothers and sisters, we, the Bible says to encourage one another daily because we do have an enemy. This world, this world's systems, even the busyness of this world wants to steal from us our identity as the Eve of Jesus, as, as this bride of Jesus. The, the unique place that we have, the unique uh, entity that we are as a church, the unique body that we are. Brothers and sisters, I I, I don't mean, I want to say we should be proud of this, but we should be proud in the right way. This, This is a good thing, and sometimes we forget 
who we are and what we are, and we go through our day like everybody else around us. Some, maybe we need to put a tag on our mirror. You know, in the morning when you get up, put a tag on the mirror. You are the bride of Christ. You are beautiful to Jesus without spot or blemish. Put a sticker on the mirror. <laughs> or stick it on the phone if you're doing the selfies. <laughs> Verse 24, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Sometimes we struggle as people to take on this new identity because we are so attached to our previous identity. Sometimes the things that have happened previously in our lives, the disappointments, the struggles, the, 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 the labels that put, people have put on us or the labels that we have put on ourselves, brothers and sisters, we struggle to step into this identity of being the bride of Christ, of being the beloved of Christ, of being the, the, this wonderful church that we are. We struggle with this because we haven't left the, in a sense, the old identity, the old father and mother that we once belonged to in this world. And I want to encourage you, if you're finding your identity in your past, you need to consider yourself dead to that because that is the eternal truth we are dead to our past and our old identity and our old failures, and we are now alive to Christ. And the old is gone and the new has come. And we are now new creations. And, and we're created for good works and we're created to worship Him and we're created to love Him and belong to Him without spot or blemish. But sometimes... Uh, we don't leave the old father and mother like the instruction says. We are to leave the father and mother and the two, the, 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 the new couple are to become one, one flesh. And we are to see our identity in Jesus, not in our past. Not in our past. And there's a freedom that comes from that. That freedom is real. It's real and it's powerful and it's important. Our new identity. Verse 25, they, they were both naked and felt no shame. And here in this, in this story in, in, in Genesis, this Adam and Eve romance, there's no sin. There's no sin around and there's no shame. And they didn't need to hide from each other uh, physically, morally, spiritually. In any way, they didn't need to hide from each other. And brothers and sisters, all shame has been removed from us. We do not have to hide any longer. We have been forgiven. We are made new. We are new creations. And brothers and sisters, we can approach Jesus with freedom and joy because of what he has done. He has done it all. 
But the plan is good and the plan works. And his salvation is total and complete and thorough and, and, and cleanses us to the uttermost for eternity. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. We don't need to hide, brothers and sisters. Even when we fall, we confess it. We get up again. We, we look at him straight away again because it's already paid for. It's already paid for. Let's bow our heads for a moment. There's so many wonderful things that we could talk about tonight. How the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit created this amazing salvation for us, this amazing new life for us, this, this amazing marriage feast, as it were, for us. And this is our identity, brothers and sisters. But sometimes, sometimes as the bride of Christ, we can be reluctant in entering into it. And We read that about a man shall leave and then cleave. Leave his father and mother, leave his past, and then cleave to Jesus. And tonight I, I want to encourage us, brothers and sisters, if, if you've found yourself wandering a little bit in your mind and feeling maybe somewhat orphaned or, or not belonging or abandoned or alone. It's not true. It's not true. Or if you found that you've, you've been unwilling to come towards Jesus, maybe because of issues of the past or issues of the present, then you need to know that He loves you. He loves you and He's covered. He's covered it all. And He's, he's just wanting your love, your adoration, your fellowship. He is looking for that companionship and he's made that possible. And we are fulfilled and blessed in that companionship with Almighty God and he wants it from us and invites us into it. And tonight, if we've been a little reluctant or if we've felt that something else could fulfill us, sometimes that happens. It's not true other roles, other things do not fulfill us. God does. Let's pray tonight. Let's, let's change our disposition towards this beautiful Savior. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, Lord, tonight, Lord, Lord, we come before you, O God, and Lord, when we, Lord, see, Lord, Lord, how much you love us, oh God, how much, Lord, Lord, you planned this, oh God, oh Lord, Lord, for thousands of years, oh God, and Lord, we know, Lord, eternity, is, is, it's, time is different to you, oh God, but you, oh Lord, this has not been, Lord, an afterthought, Lord, this is no small thing to you, Jesus. 
Oh, Lord, Lord, this whole universe, Lord, Lord, created, oh God. Lord, these planets, Lord, created, oh God. Lord, the heavens and the earth, oh God. Lord, created, Lord, that you could, oh Lord, Lord, create, Lord, and, and form a bride, Lord, out of this human race, oh God. Oh, Lord, and tonight, oh God, Lord, we come to you, Jesus, Lord, and Lord, it is beyond our understanding, oh God. Oh, Lord, we have such limited insight into it, oh God. Yet, Lord, your plan is beautiful, oh God. Your plan is wonderful, oh God. Oh, Father, Lord, and, uh, and tonight, Lord, we, we come to you, Lord, and we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. But thank you, Lord, for, for creating us, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, stepping into our world, oh God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for calling us, Lord. Lord, tonight, Lord, in this room, Lord, Lord, we've been called out, oh God. Lord, chosen, Lord. Lord, particularly chosen, O oh God, Lord, to be your bride, O oh God. And Lord, tonight, Lord, we, Lord, we want to say yes to you, Jesus. Lord, help us, Lord, to step in, Lord, to this, Lord, Lord, love, Lord, relationship, Lord, and walk with you, Lord, this companionship, O oh God. Oh, Lord, that, that the days of this week, O oh God, Lord, we would walk in companionship with you, O oh God. Lord, we would talk with you, Jesus. Lord, Lord, we would enjoy your presence, O oh God. Lord, we would, oh Lord, Lord, discuss with you, O oh God. Lord, the, the affairs of the day, Lord, the, the, the moments of the day, O oh God, the challenges, O oh God. Oh Lord, the issues, Lord, as well, Lord, as the good things, O oh God. Oh Lord, we would worship you, Lord. Lord, for the joys, O oh God. Oh, Lord, thank you, oh God. Oh, Lord, for so many, Lord, wonderful things, Lord, that you've poured into our lives, oh God. Lord, provision after provision, oh God. Lord, touch after touch, Lord, truth after truth, oh God. Lord, your truth is treasure, oh God. Lord, tonight, Lord, Lord, would you help us, Jesus. Lord, just to, Lord, through the moments of this week, Lord, to, to walk with you, Lord. Lord, to enjoy you, oh God. Lord, to, to love you in return, Jesus. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.